Welcome to The Rested Life with Rashad Burden, where we explore what life would be like when you find a rest that can restore, replenish, and revive. Thank you for joining us on the journey. Here's your host, Rashad Burden. Hello, and welcome to The Rested Life. I'm so excited to have so many of you listening today, and I'm so excited for the conversation that um, I'm about to have. When it comes to living a rested life, as I prayed and meditated and just thought about it, um, I, I came to the conclusion that an indispensable portion of living a rested life is having intimacy in your spirituality. And I, I just, I thought that I should bring in someone that I just personally admire um, and their walk. And I'm so excited to have um, my former boss, my one of my mentors from a distance, um, Pastor Freddie Russell, is going to join us in talking about um, in talking about living this rested life and how do you, does one become intimate in their spiritual walk. How you doing today, sir? Fine, Rashad. It's uh, great to be with you, man. Man, it's so good to have you, man. I'm 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 glad you were able to clear your schedule and just just give me a moment of your time, sir. Well, well, well when Rashad Burton called, I listen and I follow and I respond. <laughs> I, um, uh, as you know, uh, I have such a uh, great regard and respect and love for you. Uh, and so, um, any project you're working on, I know it's gonna be done well, and it's a joy to be connected with you tonight. Man, I, I appreciate it, man. I think a good a good place for us to kind of start the conversation is to kind of get a definition, just a personal definition from you as to what it means to live a rested life or to really experience Sabbath. Well, uh, that's, that's a great question. And um, this thing of experiencing Sabbath and what it means to feel rested for me goes past the weekly Sabbath. Mm. <clears throat> it is um, really what Paul talks about in, uh, in Hebrews 4, <clears throat> that we enter into this rest. And it's a salvific or a salvation rest of, of, of being at peace, of being aware that you're saved, being aware that you are, you are, you are tied in and you are in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you're in Christ uh, and have a relationship with Jesus that you find perfect rest. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a stillness, there's a calmness, there's a free, uh, there's a freeing from all that anxiety. I was uh, listening to uh, Michelle Obama a couple of weeks ago, uh, just before the Democratic Convention, and she was talking about that she has been experiencing this low-level depression mm -hmm. uh, because of yeah. the external things that are happening in the culture, with the politics, with the uh, some of the stuff that is coming out of the White House uh, with COVID-19. And I was in worship the next morning, hmm. uh, and I was telling God how good it is to know him, uh, that you are absolutely freed from the impact, negative impact of life. Where wow. you invite. So that definition for me of rest is, is finding my total connection and my sense of well-being in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Man, man, that's powerful. And I love, I love that real world example um, that you use because 
as I meditated and just looked into Sabbath, um, the reason I was led to that is because when I look around, I just see so much exhaustion physically, mm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just people are exhausted. And I think that that's, that's one of the benefits. And in your, in what you just said, you said that for you, it's not relegated to the weekend. So how does it manifest for you, say, on a Tuesday? <laughs> how do you experience <laughs> Sabbath on Tuesday? Remember, Tuesday to keep it holy, huh? No, uh, no. Um, I, I, it's, the, it's the perpetual nature of having God in your life. Mm. Or, or as Paul called it, Paul, Paul called it the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, when... You have God living in you through the Holy Spirit. So automatically, with God living in you, there's a level of rest that goes beyond physical rest. Mm. Uh, it goes beyond mental rest. Um, it goes <clears throat> beyond the weekly uh, pulling back. It is a perpetual sense of rest all the time because the rest is found in him, him. him. Yeah, and so it didn't depend upon the day; uh, it depends upon the, any moment uh, that you are experiencing this uh, this uh, sense of 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 God all in you, all over you, yeah. called the presence of God. Uh, Moses was at his best when he got to the mountain, and he didn't want to come down. He said, "I fasted for forty days and forty nights." Well, I was looking at that a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and it dawned on me that physiologically. Moses could not survive. He may could survive not eating for 40 days. He'd be in a, a very weakened state. But you cannot survive with a few days not drinking. Right. But but somehow he was, he was, he said, I didn't eat or drink for 40 days. Then it dawned on me that when you are in the level of presence of God, he was right there in the mountain, that automatically just being in his presence, all needs are fulfilled. It's impossible. It's impossible to have a need in God's presence at Ooh. that level. He was at. It. That's why the Bible says uh, that, that God says you you won't need no sun in heaven. My glory should like the city. I mean, <laughs> and and so if you step that down some uh, to our not being in the mountain in that face to face uh, experience that Moses was blessed with, <clears throat> it, but it's every single day that we are in living in his presence. And so the, the, the need for peace, Jehovah Shalom, uh, the need for uh, rest, Jehovah Shabbat, you know, yeah. all of that is there uh, that, yeah. that, that God gives. And he is saying, it's that weekly time that you guys been putting your, all your eggs in the basket. And that's why in, in, in Hebrews 4, Paul is making the point, guys, it's not about the weekly time. Let me acknowledge it. Yeah. Let me acknowledge that. But once I acknowledge it, let's put that in the parking lot. I'm trying to talk to you about something deeper. Yeah. Something more sustainable. Mercy. Something does not go six days of stress, one day of rest. He says, I'm trying to tell you, you can have it every day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Yeah. My Lord, you you just added to my life with that one. So excuse me if I if you hear a sermon dealing with that very thing in the near uh, future. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. that was profound. Um, all of it. 
when you talked about Moses being in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights and, and not eating or drinking, he was sustained by the presence of God. To me, that sounds like beyond, beyond an intimate relationship. Um, and I I'm sure someone's listening and they're like, okay, I've, I've, I've heard these stories in the Bible. I may have even read them. How do I even start (laughs) to begin becoming intimate in my spirituality? Mm. How do I start? That's, that's a, wow. That's a, that's an awesome question. I I think for me, uh, what has happened is the breaking down of that word intimacy. intimacy. And for me, it's broken down into me see. Which says that, excuse me, I'm talking here about a transparency of relationship, that I'm developing a relationship with a person where I have nothing to hide, I have nothing to cover, there's no secret place in my life that I'm kind to keep out of sight, that I finally am in a relationship with a person that accepts me just the way I am. Fully, yeah, without question, without pretense, without judgment, and with that level of relationship, there is an intimacy that comes out of that one because I'm open and he's open. Let me explain it this way yeah, this relationship that Adam and Eve had with God prior to Genesis 3, where the fall of man comes about, but in Genesis 2. They are enjoying God completely because yeah. between chapters in the Bible, it didn't go from chapter two and the next day in chapter three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of years passed by. Mm. And of those hundreds of years, every day, God is coming down from heaven and he is meeting with them alone, just mm. Adam and Eve talking, hanging out with them. Wow. And they developed this intimacy with God. Uh, that is going this way, this vertical intimacy. And it it soon dawns on them that as long as they have intimacy with God, they're going to have intimacy with each other. Mm. That's the benefit of this thing with God. It puts you at peace with those around you as well. Mm. So how do I develop that intimacy? Every single day, they were spending time with God. Mm. And every single day, I've got to carve out time, not only doing the full day of just enjoying God, um, which is all day, but there must be that carve out period every single day that I say, this is me, my me time uh, with God, just me and God. And in the quiet serenity and powerful nature of being in that place with him, for me, it's early in the morning. I try to get into this office I'm in right now by five o'clock in the morning. And there's nothing magic about uh, five o'clock in the morning. What I have discovered is early in the morning when nothing is stirring, not even a mouse, Mm -hmm. uh, not that we got rats. (laughs) I don't think we do. Uh, (laughs) But but early in the morning, it's quiet, man. It's quiet outside. It's it's quiet in this house. And there is a atmosphere that gets set where I get a chance 
to talk not just to my father, but as Jesus says, call him Abba Father. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking to God day after day, I'm praying to him. He's downloading in me through his word. There is an intimacy that gets developed because I'm spending time. You cannot get intimacy without spending time. Right. Same thing one spouse with your children. You got to spend time to develop intimacy with them. Mm, mm, mm. So, man, that's that's powerful. Um, I think I think the the thing that stood out to me. Well, there's so much. It seems like there has to be a there has to be time spent. There has to be intentionality. Um, there has to be intentionality in your seeking of God and then kind of an awareness mm -hmm. of your relationship with other people even. Am, am, I, am I on track with that? Well, you are. You are. So, so here's, here's the challenge that I've run into even with, in ministry is I've tried to figure out how to help people who have no reference point mm. <laughs> with church, with God, with the Bible to begin to become intimate with him, to start that relationship with him. And for some people, organized religion kind of turns them off. Um, some people even have deep seated questions about um, the validity of the Bible and Jesus and things of that sort. Um, I kind of, I want to ask if, is there any suggestion you would give to someone who, who's like, they know that they are living in exhaustion. Um, they wake up in the morning and um, they, they want to go right back to sleep. They, they, they dread the job they go to. They dread the relationships that they have, um, but they have never given God a chance. What would you say to someone who's like, who, who's even possibly contemplating giving Jesus a chance? Well, um, first of all, again, there's nothing magic about being up early in the morning. There's some benefits to that. Yeah. Uh, the main, the main thing is having some time during the day. Yeah. That is exclusive. Yes. And that is, that is, I want to use that term again, carved out mm -hmm. just, uh, uh, just you, uh, just you and God. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, and, and it must start there because if I try to, what's the old saying? How do you eat an elephant? Well, <laughs> one bite at a time. Right, right. And sometimes if you dive in, you try to go all the way at one time, mm. you end up being discouraged by the second day. You ain't doing wow. this. I'm tired. I'm not getting up uh, at all. Wow. Wow. But, but, but something happens of where you decide to take this journey. You come to God very open. Not, I haven't done this before. Or if I've done it, I've failed miserably time and time again. <laughs> all I know is that you said, if I seek you with all of my heart, yeah, I'm going to find you. And the Lord is not sitting there and saying, well, you ain't sure, 10 minutes with me. Uh, no, you, you're starting somewhere because God wants the relationship hmm. more than trying to hold you to a time. Wow. And, wow. God, and God knows that when you start that relationship with him, when you do seek him, there is a seductive nature 
to that relationship. Mm. He, he just pulls you in. It is subtle. Uh, you don't realize it's happening. That as you do this morning after morning or whatever time of the day you do it, preferably in the morning, but whatever time of the day you do it, he just begins to reel you in that the interesting thing about God, the more time you spend with God, the more time you want to spend with God. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's, it's strange that way. And the fact is, mm. is that he has designed it that he becomes irresistible to you. Mm. And that's why, that's why the devil works so hard to make sure we don't get into that secret, quiet place. Wow. Because he knows all the all bets are off if you start getting to that place on a regular basis. All kind of changes, all kind of things begin to happen in your life. All kind of things begin to make sense in your life. Because when I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I get a chance to hang out under the shadow of the Almighty. Mm. When I'm locked up, tied up in, in God, yeah. man, he begins to say some stuff to me that he don't say to anybody else but his intimates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He begins to expose some things to you in the Word uh, that he only does that, those who are coming open and hungry uh, to his Word. But the thing is, is that it begins to get real powerful when he begins to do that added stuff, when mm -hmm. he, he begins to have conversations with you in real time. Let yeah. me describe what I'm talking about. Come on now. This has only happened to me um, maybe twice. One time that I know it happened. Uh, he rewards you every now and again with something that it just blows you away. Right. Uh, ironically, uh, this is about a year or so ago. I'm upset with God over something. Early in the morning, I'm in the bed. <laughs> Okay, and I'm and I'm talking to God, and I ain't thinking about nothing, and I'm and I'm I'm going off on the Lord. I mean, I'm really going off. I said, Lord, you know, I I can't see why you did that. Right, and I, I know you're God. I'm all of that. I'm down with that. Yeah, but that made no sense to me. Why yeah. you permitted that to happen? And, and the Lord said to me, Well, what I was trying to do, Freddie, was so and so, so and so, so and so, so. And I came back and said, Well, I didn't understand that, but 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 still. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is throwing me off uh, here. And Lord came back and said, "Well, if you take time to be patient and 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 step off a bit, let me show you what was the wider picture of what I was doing." Wow. And, Ra and Rashad, this went on for about ten or fifteen minutes. Mm. It was only after it was over that it dawned on me that I just had a conversation with <laughs> God in real time. Wow. Wow. I totally missed what was going on at that moment because I was so engaged in the conversation. Mm. And, and, and I went into just on my face after that wow. because I could not believe that I just had a real time conversation. I've had times when God speaks to me. Yes. Uh, but I've never had a time where I, he speaks and I go and pray. But this was an actual dialogue. It was yeah. actual dialogue. Yeah. And I said, oh, my stars. Lord, <laughs> you slipped that in on me, God. I didn't even know what was going on. And, you know, you know, it's like Paul says, the Lord says, Paul says, I was called up to the third heaven. Wow. Whether in the body, I can, I don't remember. Yeah. Whether out of the body, all I know is what I experienced. And um, it was in that holy moment that I experienced God. And then it dawned on me what was going on. Every now and, and again, God would take you to a place. He don't send an announcement about it. 
there's no program you're going to read in advance. Uh, there is no preamble that says, I'm about to take you to a different level today. But it's in this seeking of him and being in his presence every now and again, every now and again, he rewards you with a level of experience with him. Wow. That's wow. Not scripted, cannot be planned for. Wow. It just ushers us slowly into yeah. his presence. And all the result is you're left overwhelmed and dumbfounded. Wow. And you want to build, you want to like Peter, Lord, we need to build three temples here. You know, because, <laughs> you know, like the Mount Transfiguration. Yeah. yeah. Transfiguration experience, but it's just you and God. Wow. Wow. So, man, there was so much that you said. And I think that maybe it would be, I think it was freeing because when you talked about the prelude to you having this dialogue with God, you said you were angry with him. (laughs) You you were angry with him. And, And I don't know how there's this presupposition, for lack of better terminology, that you should that someone doesn't have the right to be angry with god but i i i think that being angry with god is actually indicative of how intimate your relationship is um it's hard to be angry with someone it's harder to be angry with someone that you don't have a real relationship with yeah. um and i think that that is significant um how <laughs> How what, what how shall I frame this? You got caught up in this dialogue with God, and it hits you afterwards that hey, I just had a real time dialogue with God. After that happened, because you said that was about a year ago, has it been like a goal of yours to 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 continue that, or have you found kind of a rhythm in your relationship with God where it's like? This is the way we communicate. And if you desire to go in that direction and to that level, like, have you found the, that that sweet spot? Because I ask that because I, I'm under the impression that people's relationship and even their intimate time with God needs to be organic to themselves. Um, that the way I spend time with God may be a little bit different um, in technicality um, than yours. So talk to us just a little bit about those two things. Well, um, yeah, you, you 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 hit so much stuff in that question, and uh, I want to unpack it. Okay, Let me that a couple of words you use. You you use one of that this rhythm that you develop with God, and there is a rhythm mm-hmm. uh, that you develop uh, with God. I'm gonna come back to that. I okay. want to hold it for a second and come back to it. Yes, I sir. Come to that. The other part you talked about uh, is this. This, this, those, these special moments uh, with God that He honors. The thing I've come to discover is that you can't dictate that. Mm. God determines when He will restore upon you a special visitation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Acts two calls it a time of refreshing. Mm. A time of refreshing. Yeah, that that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and he just takes over the atmosphere. God determines that when and where. Hmm. And the danger of that one is that you can get you can begin to try to ring that bell all the time because you enjoy the special nature of it. Right. Or where that becomes the goal. 
Hmm. It becomes an idolatry in itself as opposed to the relationship. And so I have learned to let God dictate when I have these extraordinary experiences with him that goes beyond the norm. It usually slips in at a time I'm not expecting at all. Right, right. But, But what I have begun to do early in my times with God, I used to be extremely formulaic. Mm. Uh, of that, I came in and uh, I, um, I opened up and read something, uh, pray, and then um, just to get my mind going and then read a text in the Bible, what I'm reading, then read some other book that I'm connecting with. And that was formulaic. Uh, that was the way I came at it all the time. Mm. And, and it dawned on me, if I'm getting bored, God probably getting bored too. Mercy. Well, God is in dude. You did this less today than the day before. I tell you what, when I come and when I come and visit you every month, because right now, mercy, killing me, my time with you. Um, so I have arrived at this thing now, uh, where I'm always doing the word, but from morning by morning, I let God dictate how He wants me to worship Him. Right. There are some mornings, man, where I just spend the whole worship time just in worshiping music. And just mm-hmm. worshiping him. Yeah. And I will have some time, obviously, uh, in the word. There are some mornings I come in my journal and I'm writing uh, to God. There are some mornings I'm just walking around this office and they go outside this room because the house is, house is quiet on the main floor and just my hands raised and right. walking and praying and worshiping and worshiping God. There are some mornings I may get a whole chapter in uh, for uh, a, 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 when I'm in the Bible of reading the word of God, uh, then there's some mornings I don't get past one verse. Yeah. yeah. Some mornings I don't get past two words and, <laughs> and, and you just stuck and you know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you, you can't go nowhere. God yeah. is there, right here, right here. I want you to sit down right here mm-hmm. because I'm going to take these few words and I'm going to just, I'm just going to, I'm going to hammer them into your spirit. Right. What I'm trying to say here, right. uh, you know, and you're saying, Oh my God. And, and so, I have learned now to be sensitive to the spirit uh, where he he very much, when I'm consistent in my worship, he very much guides what that's going to yeah. look like each morning. Now, I'm right. always working my way uh, through a book of the Bible, always. So that's the basics are always going to be there. I always have some things that I'm praying through. Those basics will always be there. Yeah. But how I come at it and where I land Right. Each morning. Right. Right. And in that, you find that rhythm. And there's this rhythm uh, with, with God of uh, where you're sensitive to him and it goes back. OK, what is he directing? And sure enough, it's, it, you, you cannot describe it, but you feel that God is directing the moment. It's mm-hmm. for him. And then it dawns on me. Now, he says, not just for me. It's for you, too. Yeah. So yeah. so but let me direct it. So you can get the best benefit out of this with your time with me this morning. That's the rhythm right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think that that's a takeaway for anybody that, that spiritually speaking, you are seeking that, (laughs) that rhythm with God where, where you're so into him and you are continuing to come to the realization of how much he is into you where (laughs) there is an ebb and flow 
with the way that you all meet on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and I believe that that is the foundation to a rested life. When you find your rhythm spiritually, everything else is impacted. That's why that, that, um, <laughs> that Moses, um, reality was so significant mm-hmm. when you find that rhythm with God, everything else is taken care of and everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. man, that, Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. I, yeah. I think, I think that we we've given I think that we've really kind of identified some solid things that people can walk away with. Is there anything else when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to living a rested life, experiencing the blessing of the Sabbath that you would want to add before we kind of wind down? I, I, one of the things that are that are so beneficial to living uh, a rested life, and I like this terminology that you're using. Arrested life um, is committing the scripture to memory, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where you are having access uh, to the Word of God to apply throughout the day on things mm-hmm. that you're encountering. Uh, where you are, there are a lot of negative stuff that comes at you during the course of the day. There's a negative report, but Deuteronomy said that when the children of Israel were out there, Deuteronomy 1, when Moses was recounting for them how they had jacked up the last 40 years, he Hmm. tells the story of that when they were on the verge of going to the promised land, uh, they wanted to send some spies out. And he says, I agree with you because it seemed like it was a wise thing to do. He says, but he he very much infers that was an act of distrust. Hmm. Because God had told us to go up and occupy the land. He didn't tell us to send those spies. Mercy. So that means you're trying to validate and check up on God. He said that reconnaissance mission that you went on was an act of distrust. My Lord. And because we did that, and we just didn't go take the land, they came back and we heard two reports. We heard the minority report uh, that says the, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Let's go up and take it. God has given it. Then you heard that majority report that says, me like grasshoppers, all mm-hmm. negative. It instilled fear in you. It made you reverse course. It made you distrust God. Right. And so every single day, you got to determine whose report will you believe. <laughs> wow! Wow! And you got you got to say, I'm. Re- I believe the report of the Lord, and the report of the Lord uh, is best expressed in the promises of God. Yes. Because when when you're feeling anxious. That's the report of the world that's out there and mm. the enemy. And the report of the Lord says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, but through prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known. And the peace of God, which passes on understanding, will guard your arm and your mind. Right. When the report out there says, yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, you baffled, you running around in circles. And uh, But the report of the Lord says in Jeremiah 33, call to me yes. and I will answer you. Uh-huh. And I will show you stuff you don't, that you don't even know. Come the report of the world says is that you gotta you gotta meander and make it on your own, and uh, you, it's a hit and miss in life. And the Lord comes back with the report of the Lord in Ephesians three twenty. I would do exceedingly and abundantly more than you yeah. can ask, think, and may I add, even imagine. And so every day, with the things you interface with during the day, you got to decide 
whose report will you believe? That's the word. Because one report will destabilize you and make you anxious, and the other report, the report of the Lord, will calm you and keep you in perfect peace and perfect rest yeah. because your mind is yeah. stayed on him. Stayed on him. Man, Pastor Russell, I, I appreciate you, and I think that you have you have eloquently painted a picture of what the rested life can be. And truly, day by day, we do have a choice as to what report we will believe, what report we will allow to impact us, and what report will we live. That's right. And and I truly believe that that accepting Jesus Christ is is the indispensable ingredient mm-hmm. in in truly accepting not only the right report but accepting a rested life. That's Thank right. you so much, man, for your time. Uh, Thank um, you. I, I greatly appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Very much love you, man. You take it to beautiful, the beautiful, 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 beautiful.